Hi, I'm Kalyan Karmakar and welcome to Foodocracy for Her. Uh, it's a podcast dedicated to women in the food business and I'm proud to say that it's been on since April 2020. And I'm, I must say that in terms of uh, the various uh, piece of work which I do is the one which I enjoy the most, which I find the most inspirational. And uh, today it's absolute pleasure to bring to you a friend uh, of mine, but uh, whose work also I, um, I respect a lot. That's uh, Varnika Awal. Uh, she's joining us from uh, Delhi and I'm in Mumbai. We met in Mumbai first time. And uh, first things first, uh, Shubha Bijaya, Varnika. Shubha Bijaya Kalyan, such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. So, so Varnika is uh, married to a Bengali. Of course, we've known them for a while. And, uh, you know, she's, she's been in Delhi where some of the pujas are open. So sitting in Mumbai, I've seen far more puja posts <laughs> from her than any, any Bengali over here. So tell me a bit about that, Varnika. Tell me about uh, your your experience of of pujos, of of being married into a different uh, community. Is it really like the Vicky Donor uh, movie, a Punjabi Bengali marriage? Tell us a bit about that oh, because you invited us. Unfortunately, we missed <laughs> that in uh, Delhi. The wedding totally was a scene out of Vicky Donor. Just the sides were interchanged. Yeah. Uh, language, of course continues to be an issue you know not for the two of us but for the families in general but I think the most exciting part has been how food connects us all and although you know like I'm vegetarian and Shavik is a non-vegetarian this is something which has worked out beautifully for us because both of us don't like sharing food so, <laughs> <laughs> so a bit of a joey effect over there absolutely so like you eat yours I eat mine we eat in peace we are much happier this way so I like this no-sharing bit. <laughs> but yeah. what happens when there's begun bhaja? Uh, well, you know, you always have to make extra. I don't think there is ever enough. <laughs> and luchis and begun bhaja. Oh yeah, there is. Luchis, uh, there's a very simple rule. No one is going to be like, I'm not going to be making it. Someone has to make it for us and you just keep it coming. You know, we, we stop yeah. and we stop. Yeah. But pujos were brilliant. The experience was really nice. Uh, it was not as big in Delhi as well. But thankfully, you know, because there's a big presence of the Bengali community over here. So you have the, uh, the Kalibaris and... Uh, that's where we went, you know, it was, so it was very intimate. It was actually a nice way for me also to get introduced to, you know, how it probably must be happening, you know, once upon a time intimately, you know, within the society itself. So very, very nice experience. Yeah, in fact, that's uh, generally a bit of a case with us in uh, Delhi. My mom's going up there, as you know, uh, um, you know, Mumbai or, you know, abroad, that um, probably the traditions are a bit closer to the way it used to be than in the home city, like in, in, uh, you know, uh, Calcutta and so on. Like even the Punjabis, like it says that if you look at the Punjabis in, in say UK or the US, they might have a vision of India, which is a bit more traditional than uh, folks in Delhi, Amritsar or Ludhiana young folks would have. But um, how does it, so, so you are learning about traditions from a community different from yours. And then how does it feel about um, writing about that? Because you write quite a bit about say, puja rituals, puja foods, observations. So, right. um, you know, what's going on in your mind when you're uh, writing about it? And I'll tell you why I'm asking this question in a bit. So, uh, okay, Varnika, you're the softest spoken Punjabi. I know you have to, I mean, after Dr. Manmohan Singh, uh, please speak up a bit louder. All right, all right. So, uh, to be very honest, I think the first thing that goes on in my mind when I'm writing about a community, you know, where, where I've learned something about a community different than mine, uh, there's this 
instant fear that is there in the back of my mind that I'm going to be called out for something that might just not, you know, be right. So uh, I think the most normal thing which I do, and I always stated that, you know, this is what I learned from someone. And that is what I'm telling you. I am not an authority over this. But yeah, the first thing is always fear. But I think because I come to, you know, out so honestly about it, that people actually come and tell me and, you know, they share with me then even more about what they know about that particular tradition or that food. So I think it's all about, you know, being as honest and being as transparent as you can be with people because it's so easy for people to just see through that, right? So it's helped me grow a lot because I have been so honest with them about it. So thankfully that's worked out. But yeah, there is always that fear that, you know, something might just be wrong. <laughs> That's that itself is such a sort of um, honest admission because on the one hand, you will think that okay, I mean, what is the big deal because it's Punjabi and Bengali, both sort of um, at least the same religion, same country, but but we Bengalis do tend to be a bit uh, possessive about our uh, food. But interesting thing that you said about uh, fear, um, and uh, and I think that that's a bit the way social media has uh, moved. Um, and the reason why I ask you this question is that I'm married to a, a Parsi. In fact, we're going to complete uh, 20 years in a few days uh, oh. now. And, and I often joke with uh, Kunal Vijayakar, no, I'm not married to him. But, but he, I often joke with him saying that uh, he and I are probably the two non-Parsis who've written more about Parsi food than all the Parsis put together. But uh, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it is just this enthusiasm of yeah. Um, you know, sharing and and uh, yeah, I mean, I put it out there that look, I'm married to a Parsi. This is what I'm uh, learning from people. It's not that I'm grown up. There have occasionally been people who've been a bit uh, nasty, but uh, not not too much. Also, what I feel, I don't know whether you feel this, Vanika, is that um, when you're writing about your sort of in-laws uh, community, in a sense, your readership comes from a slightly different thing, like probably. I mean, not so much Bengali as it would be, say, Punjabi, North Indian, cosmopolitan, and similarly, mine as well. So through through um, your writing, or maybe in my writing, uh, more non-Parsis or non-Bengalis are probably getting to learn about uh, the customs. Absolutely. Yeah? So uh, I remember, Kalyan, uh, when we got married, so a few days after our marriage, you know, when the first few pictures started coming in a lot, hmm. uh, I realized... The first of many. Yeah, many. Many. I still haven't browsed through, you know, so many of them. I'm, I'm already tired of it. It's going to be too you know, When we got married, I took my dad's, uh, dad's no more, his yeah. camera, which is a, a Pentax, and 36 rolls. So we, I made sure that those 36 exposures between the wedding at the court at the, to the lunch and dinner in Bombay for the family and Calcutta, all of it would get covered. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry, tell me about you. You're because posting the picture. digital now, I don't yeah, think yeah, any yeah. of us are doing that. There's literally no end to it at all. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of the first few things which I did, and it came from documenting even the traditions which are followed in wedding. So from the first day, you know, what all happens to even, you know, to, to, to the Bobhat, which happened in Calcutta, every single thing was documented. And it became such a big conversation starter for all of the people who follow me on Instagram because yes. they started sharing about their communities. And that's when you realize that at the heart of it, all of us are following exactly the same traditions with different names and variations. 
Mm. You know, so it has become such a big binding factor. And I think what helps is that it's, uh, I have never used Instagram as just a visual first medium, but yes. I also end up writing quite a bit over there. And I think that really, really helps a lot. So, yeah. True. So with that, I'll, uh, we'll now go to the various uh, uh, mukuts or, or, I mean, mukut is what I think the bride wears in the wedding. But enough of the wedding talk, uh, the various hats which Varnika wears. And, and uh, you know, Varnika has come into writing uh, a bit before the explosion of Instagram. I won't say before Instagram existed. So uh, I, I feel that for those who came in after Instagram exploded, uh, a lot of people started with Instagram first, including people who wanted to write. Yeah. Varnika wears many hats. So she, she studied uh, uh, communication journalism. She did her master's in that. Uh, then she worked a bit with mass media in the uh, Times and then with uh, Exchange for Media as a, as a reporter, writer. And, and then she moved to Mumbai and, and then she sort of went uh, um, independent. So uh, Vanika, I'm going to come to your blog first, which is uh, uh, Delectable Reveries. Now, from what I understand, you've had a blog before as well, but at that time it was more like a diary, right? Before it was... Delectable Yes, yes. So I've had a blog on WordPress ever since I was 16 years old. So this is back in 11 standard in school. And I, of course, like, you know, like I uh, said, it was used like a personal diary of a sorts before that. Uh, which is what blogs were meant to be. Which was exactly, which is what it was meant to be. So I'd be writing about various topics and, you know, my daily thoughts. I used to write a lot of poems, in fact. So I, all of those used to go up quite a bit. Uh, it was only in 2014 that I re-Christianed the blog to Delectable Reveries after I, uh, you know, started working full-time with the publication and realized that it uh, cannot go under my name anymore. It has to, you know, has yeah. to have that uh, different persona of its own. So... Delectable Reveries was that. So for a long time, people actually didn't know who Delectable Reveries was. Uh, it was only after I quit my full-time job and I went independent did I reveal, you know, that I'm Varnika Aval and I'm writing this blog yes. since so long. But the blog has been there. So it was, I mean, it was started in back in 2009. So it's more than 10 mm -hmm. years old now. So the same URL or the same platform? Yes, this changed just seeing the name because back then it was just a free blog on WordPress. I was just a student. Yeah. And of course, I later kind of reworked the blog. So yeah, everything about it was changed. So uh, when you were in Delhi and a journalist, uh, it had already become delectable reviews. Uh, yes. It had already... Then you, then you uh, quit uh, Exchange for Media, took a break, came to Mumbai. And, and was delectable reveries uh, about food even at the start or only about food? Not really, right? No, not really. So even now, it's not mm. just about food. The whole idea of having the name Delectable Reveries just came from the fact that these are delicious memories. That's it. So it can be yeah. anything, you know. So the center, you, you find food at the center of it all, but it's not just about food. So I don't have recipes to share with people because... Uh, like yeah. I always tell people, I cook for myself. I'm not cooking yes. for people. So there are no recipes, honestly, to share. But it's stories about food and documenting, you know, probably culture uh, mm. in terms of food and where it stems from. So that's what it's always been. And that's also always been the thing that's interested me. You know, no, so food, food is the anchor, right? That, that's what I meant. Yes. I mean, I mean um, would you, for example, just, just to uh, this thing, would you... Um, write 
if it interests you on something which is very political or maybe you know something to do with some very high something to do with fashion whichever angle whether it's traditional or fashion or modern fashion but which has absolutely nothing to do with food would you would you write that on uh, probably not because it's not something that interests me so much but the uh, moment you put a food angle to it so like yeah. if i'm talking about politics and maybe politics in food itself you know or or maybe like uh, serving bogue in the pandal wearing a salwar versus wearing a sari which is more practical yeah. than it then it comes in yeah, right absolutely <laughs> so you know like politics of food you know the different yeah. types of food the yes. caste food the food in the past and everything so yes that but uh, otherwise not exactly like everything like you said food is the anchor for sure no i understand that because when i started uh, my blog finally chopped then a couple of years down the line i started two more um, far away diaries and mumbai coffee house so far away diaries was meant to be travel stuff which is not to do with food and mumbai coffee house was you know at that time facebook and twitter instagram was hardly there so if i had a point of view on anything when is civic issue or you know when anything political or whatever right. put it over there Right. Then with time, I found it a bit difficult to maintain three blogs yeah. uh, with the same regularity. Then I saw that a lot of the things which interest me in travel center around food, so that can go into finely chop. Right. And for Mumbai coffee house, then after a while, I guess one would put it in Facebook or uh, Twitter and 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 stuff like that. Right. So um, you know, I have I've, I've been observing you for a while, and I've known you for a while as well. And I think that there are two parts to your um, sort of. Um, Uh, existence as a social media person or your career as a writer so far, which is um, pre-delectable uh, Punjab and and post-delectable Punjab. So um, uh, tell us a bit about delectable Punjab. Which year did you come up with it, and and how did it come up, and what's the difference that it made for you, uh, both internally as well as the way the world uh, perceived you? Right. uh so delectable punjab was actually just a result of the fact that you know because i've grown up in so many cities around india uh the connect to my roots was really you know uh, missing and i always say this that i'm a journalist later i'm a storyteller first and as a storyteller when i couldn't connect to my own roots and you know something answering a question as simple as where are you from was a question which was difficult for me to answer because you know i've I've grown up in Dehradun, Assam, Delhi, Bombay. You know, so how exactly am I tied down to Punjab? So that's where it started the whole quest, and it was not anything to do with Punjabi food per se, but more into my own family because uh, someone has to document it before it's all lost. You know, hmm. the family which comes. you know with great history and i wanted to know where my grandparents came from what was it like why do we eat what we eat which which year was this this was in 2017 early 2017 so so you you, you were still in your like early 20s or mid 20s right yeah 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 i think yeah. four years back so i was 24 oh. so i was 24 when it started where i started documenting you know uh, and it started with a trip to punjab i had gone to yeah. visit my bua and i just started documenting over there you know everyday things that were happening and suddenly i see the spike in the interactions which people were having with me like not in the number of followers but and was this in the blog or on instagram no this was on instagram so delectable punjab is completely instagram no and and now i feel in any case the interaction happens a lot more on social media whether instagram facebook twitter uh, than on blog i mean i don't know if you 
remember time when in blogs there used to be a lot of comments but now uh, i mean it's just shifted there so i think a blog has its dedicated audience who's ha, there but, but the interaction there's still yeah. people who read there but just find it easier to comment Absolutely. on facebook which is a bit it's sad because all those comments with the story don't stay with the story but it's okay Absolutely. So the real-time huh. conversations are actually happening on social media, which also I think helps in sparking that inspiration within you about you know what more you can do. So that's how Delectable Punjab started. Like that was, and I didn't really have any plans for it as such. I was just documenting my everyday life. So I'm on a holiday and I'm just showing you what is happening at home. And it was only in December 2017 when I was so saturated with Instagram as a space. Uh, that Shovik came up with the idea that why don't you just start doing like a dedicated series and see how it goes. It might also help you kind of channelize a little. And so you guys, I, you guys discuss work and all that oh and yeah, bounce totally. off ideas of each other. Totally. So it's literally, it's, it's like a mirror where you're bouncing off ideas. You know exactly what he's going to say. So I know exactly who to bounce it off. Does, it, does he ever dare to uh, disagree with something you say? Uh, very, I think he knows his way around it, how to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think all husbands figure out. <laughs> <laughs> so that, but yeah, Delectable Punjab was, you know, it was just a series of food, which was an, of course, you know, Punjabi food uh, as is served in restaurants is so different from how it is served at homes. So that was a misconception, which I was trying to, you know, work around. Where yeah, sorry to interject, but did you feel that about Bengali food also? Because I'm sure you've eaten a bit with your... Oh, yeah. In-laws and relatives versus what you have eaten in hotels and restaurants. Absolutely. So, uh, see, honestly, because once I got married, so almost wherever I would visit, even in Bengal, so everyone would be putting out the festive best. So ah, it was very similar to, you know, to what, it's I'm, not day-to-day food, yes. Exactly. Plus, I'm a vegetarian, so, you know, <laughs> I know I know exactly after a point what, what to expect, you know, from <laughs> So it was nice, but now through home chefs, I've actually discovered so much more of even yeah. the Bengali vegetarian food. Yes. And that has helped because there's such so a often the same food. dish, like even in a delectable Punjab. Yeah. So the same, um, say, a rajma or a dal in a restaurant would be very different when you're making it at home. Absolutely. So similarly, um, I mean, you might have a chana dalna or a shukto um, available in a restaurant as well, yeah. or a mozart ghanto. Uh, or or an alu posto, but, but when it's made in a house, it's very different. It's very and different. each house is also very different. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. So that, in fact, becomes a very interesting thing for me that, you know, why is it that one person cooks it this way and where does that come from? So, so yeah. going back to your delectable Punjab story. Yes. So yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for delectable Punjab, the whole idea was just to, you know, put across food which is made in Punjabi households on a daily basis. And it just happened to be that, of course, you know, as like many other communities, Punjabis, Punjabis also follow the local and seasonal, you know, ingredients and food. So the food is actually much richer and better in winters than it is in mm. summers. And this, that's how the series started as a winter series. I had no plans for it about, you know, where to go with it. It was, like I say, it stemmed out of boredom, the, the Instagram <laughs> series at least. Mm-hmm. And then I did that lunch where I invited all of you guys. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, it struck me while I was doing the series that, you know, I've been cooking a lot, but I've never really cooked for my friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it kind of just kicked off this thing where, you know, because I, and I did not expect such reactions because everyone talked so highly about it. And I suddenly started getting calls from people that we would like to pay and come and eat. 
and that put me on this different trajectory where I did not know how exactly to go about pop-ups and pricing and all of that. Plus, because this was everyday food for me, so, oh, I spot a cat. <laughs> Minky. Hi, yes. <laughs> He's pop-up there, yeah. <laughs> no, so you're talking about the pop-up, uh, the, the paid pop-up. Yeah, so I did those paid pop-ups till I was in Bombay and those were seasonal. So like I do four in a year. So just, you know, the spring, summer, autumn and winter pop-ups. And then I started writing about it because that is honestly, till date, nothing gives me more pleasure than just writing. And that's where it picked up. So the first article about Delectable Punjab was my own byline authored, uh, you know, uh, article. And that went in, in the Sunday Eye for Express. Oh, Indian Express. Yeah. And it just happened to be that it went on seven cities in one day. So it, it just blew out of proportion and I suddenly did not know. But the good thing that happened with Delectable Punjab was that it united a lot of Punjabis. Unfortunately, mm. uh, Punjabis, you know, as a community, they are very, they, they feel a little ashamed to, you know, mention anywhere that, oh, we're Punjabis because of the stereotypes built about the Punjabis. Oh, imagine, I would never have thought this. I would never yeah. have thought this. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think it comes from the, you know, the the funny people. Yeah, the Sardar jokes the and English. easygoing yeah. and, you yeah. know, the Bhangra. Exactly. And, yeah, like, like I think, uh, you know, this, um, uh, the, the Cadbury ad which they've done in uh, Ogilvy, and I was uh, hearing in some of the conversations, you know, Kenaz, Harsha, the team, yeah. that, that, that the creative team was very conscious that the Sardar uh, was chosen because Sardars are known as a community to be very, like, you know, loving life and yeah. dancing. Yeah. But they were also very conscious not to make him do a Bhangra. Yeah, not like, very serious. Not, not a twig, the Gurdas man. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, it... it it ignited this kind of... Today, at this point, it's like, influencers good. today say that this is not sponsored by Cadbury. I'm very happy to sponsor <laughs> it. I, I wish they had, but... You know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, uh, I, I, I'll never forget this one mail I received from uh, a girl in New Jersey who, you know, who messaged to say that for all these years, I have been hiding from people that where in India I come from. Wow. And after, you know, I started reading about your series, which was not just the dish, but, you know, so much an insight. So across the world, people were... Uh, people were messaging from across the world. I was and, and I'm finding this very hard to process. Spain. I'm finding this very hard to process. So you're like you're saying Spain and New Jersey and all. Because, I mean, you might have sensed this because you have so many Bengali friends yeah. that we Bengalis have no qualms about, like we think like we are God's gift to the world. So we have no qualms about saying that we are <laughs> Bengali. But, uh, you know, one never thought that Punjabis would think, I mean, uh, it's, it's it just goes to show you that how little you know Absolutely. about people and therefore how important it is to sort of uh, tell stories, I mean, the way you are. So I wouldn't say that they were... So, so where else? You said Spain, New Jersey, then... There, was, there uh, was a man who follows me from Oslo and it's amazing because he's gone on to become a great friend and, you know, we, we interact a lot. And he's very, uh, you know, he's very much into the Punjabi politics and so it's, it's amazing. Then I connected with a lot of people from Pakistan. Wow. So, which was amazing. So, uh, I do. I, I wouldn't be revealing his actual name, but you know, he's someone who, as I have actually sent me photos from what used to be the place where my grandparents, great grandparents, used to wow. stay. So, it's been such wow. a critical journey of you know everyone coming together because we just realize that all that divides us is that line, you know. So, uh, in fact, I must say, Vernika, when you were saying this bit about 
Pakistan. So, uh, see, the unfortunate reali reality is that, I mean, say Bengal and Bangladesh, it's, it's still sort of like, I mean, my family sort of draws its roots to East Bengal. Yeah. But it's it's still sort of um, accessible. But yeah. uh, so, you know, uh, someone uh, who was in an earlier food obesity for episode, um, um, uh, <laughs> Sherry, yeah, Sherry of uh, Kanak, this is a friend of yours as well. Uh, I think she she sort of made you the guinea pig for her vegetarian <laughs> menu. So so Sherry was also telling that uh, you know well, since she tries to do the food of in undivided Punjab and Kanak, she was sort of reaching out to um, you know the the descendants of uh, yeah. friends of her grandparents who yeah. you know stayed in Pakistan and and the sort of bonhomie which was there and and how enthusiastically they were sharing recipes oh, and so absolutely. on. And I think that what folks like you are doing is is I mean, that's the grassroots level at which, you know, peace and community building will, will happen. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's just beautiful because, you know, the moment you start connecting with people on such a personal level, you realize how, you know, blown out of proportion things are for an everyday man. Yes. So, yes. you know, you so did, it, did that change you as a writer from, from inside? Uh, the way you looked at stories or you told stories? I mean, not just to do with Punjab, but, but in general. Yeah, you're I still think, at a very early stage. You were you were, you were in your early mid twenties then, yeah. at a very young stage. Yeah. Did it change you then? Yes, absolutely. I personally think, and I'd like to believe that there's more maturity in the writing now than you know it used to be earlier, because earlier also I would approach a subject, I would do my research, but now it goes beyond just the basic research. You know, I'd go beyond it, and so many times you realize that you know I start doing. So, for instance, I have an article coming up next month, which was meant to be about the wedding foods of India. But we changed it into, you know, from dishes, we went into ingredients and why certain ingredients mm, hold. How interesting. So it's, it's again, it's such a nice way where you see that, you know, almost all the uh, four parts of India, how united they are at the core of it. And this could cut, cut across communities. So maybe like a Christian community and a Hindu or a Muslim yes. community might use the same ingredient if they're from the same region. Well, that's that's uh, such an interesting way of uh, looking at it. So that's... So, uh, so, so this is something, an initiative which sparked off from um, an inner desire and then it sort of impacted the uh, sort of work which you're doing. And uh, did it then, uh, I mean, please drop something. So, so did it then uh, change um, the atmosphere for you uh, um, um, professionally, like in terms of the sort of offers you were getting or the opportunities opening up uh, for you? Do, do you see that changing? Yes, because uh, this is something which I felt really happened after Delectable Punjab that even as a writer, I was taken more seriously. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest changes that happened because once I went independent, it's it was still very early, you know, early on in my career that I yeah. chose to go independent. So earlier I'd be approaching the publications with my pitch. But over the last few years, I am approached by the publication to okay. write something. And I think that has made a very big difference. And of course, to, you know, then be seen as someone who holds some kind of knowledge on a subject. So it also drives me to keep learning more because I always say this, I don't know everything completely. There's a long way to go. So I'm still- And, and yet it's not that you're pigeonholed as someone who writes only about Punjabi. No, not at all. So how, how did you come out of that? Because oh. see, it's it's writing about Punjabi, which uh, or Punjab, which got into prominence. Yeah. So how did you sort of 
break that through that that you're not just Punjab you're you're more you're the entire national anthem I think Kalyan what helped was that before delectable Punjab also delectable reveries as a page was quite popular and people were following it you know for the stories or the pictures and you know all of that stuff Delectable Punjab actually came as a break, as a series which was there for a short time. So it established mm-hmm. Delectable Punjab as a digital identity. And from there on, I made sure that, you know, so that the meal which I did, for instance, was a meal to mark an end of that series. That okay. from now on, we will basically continue talking <laughs> about it, but not just that, you know, there's so much more to it. No, so it'll, so, it'll not just be Alu Gobi, there, there might be some... Very, you know, <laughs> gone, gone to as well or <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yes yes and i have always been very fond of you know food from so many different regions and learning so the page became more about things i learned and thoughts i have than just punjab and that's something i say that you know i don't want to saturate myself also to the point with the whole punjab delectable punjab thing where i begin to lose interest in it but many, um, that's an interesting note because when I started off uh, blogging or writing, there were people uh, who took silos and, and who grew uh, a lot. I think Minty also had something to say. <laughs> He's quite vocal. Uh, so, you know, like Bong Bong's cookbook or there were people yeah. who were writing about, you know, Bavi Bright, Parsi, um, Maharashtran, Punjabi, whatever. So, I mean, that was one way of doing it. And the other one was, of course, being a generalist. But, I mean... I just feel that it's for a to sort of be an enduring phase. I mean, at one point you might run out of material if you focus Absolutely. on on one uh, thing, and also, like you said, it might for you it might it might fatigue you as a Absolutely. Uh, writer. Absolutely, like I would obviously any day prefer to be a generalist where I can you know then choose to dive into a subject and come out of it. But to kind of dedicate, I I give it off to people like I I really respect the ones who have been you know able to dedicate themselves so much into just one particular subject but I know myself as a person and I know that's something so I still continue to read a lot about Punjab but not everything needs to go out anymore but you know, each their own I guess to exactly, each their own, uh, yeah. exactly. It's, I think it's more about identifying what makes you happy. So for me, it's this like I continue to read but I'm not reading it for people, I'm reading this for myself so it goes out no, and, and often that helps you make connections because the more you know about your own identity yeah and then when you come across uh, something different yeah then so for example in my case not just uh, bengali but say you know, one might come across something internationally and then it might help you connect with something within the country so so for yeah. example you might have come across something say in in the malayali food tradition maybe to marina or something like yeah. that and then maybe later sometime in sri lanka uh, Maldives or Mauritius, you might uh, make those uh, connections. Or I, I remember when I got to London, I'd given a talk on uh, Calcutta food at Asma Khan Singh many years back and okay. stuff. So um, now, among some of the main publications you've written for, you've, you've written for Indian Express, for uh, ZZest, and, um, and, and who else? Uh, travel and Leisure magazine. You know, for Travel and Leisure. So uh, now, uh, do you focus more um, on, on the permissioned uh, articles? over your blog or do you sort of give equal or is there no fixed rule is uh, it more as it I, th- I i do focus more on the commissioned articles and on instagram i think simply for the ease of it 
Instagram uh, is of course not commissioned. Instagram yeah, is your no, no, it's not. So I do focus more on the commissioned articles, but I think it also again comes stems from the fact that uh, I got bored of blogging, you know, in the middle of it. So I took a break. But what I do end up doing is that after my article has been published in a publication, I put the unedited version with the link to the original article of the publication on my blog. So it also, of course, you know, with the word limits and also there is no word limit in the blog. So it's free flowing and it, it, then it, I wanted to ask you one thing yeah. that uh, on this word limit thing, you see, I've seen you write very detailed uh, posts on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you never felt the desire to then take the same text and, and put it on your blog as well, because it's it's more content. It's, yeah. it's, it's more searchable. And, and honestly, I mean, for your readers who are in their 40s, uh, like me, uh, sometimes on a phone, you don't want to read so much. Like in the Instagram format, it's still, yeah. you know, yeah. after a while, it's, it just gets, yeah, have, you've never considered it? or I've, I've actually always done that, except so, the last few months. And I uh, also, the, the frequency of Instagram just makes it a bit. Yeah. Uh, and I also do the reverse a lot, which is something which I also give advice to people that, you know, you should have a blog, firstly, because it's your own domain. So there is no way of, losing it you know come what may and the fact that from one post I can actually take out 10 posts from Instagram so I prefer to write on the blog and then take excerpts and put it out yeah, Instagram, true, which helps true. so you know because you're there and you can always redirect the people to the article so it becomes a great way to kind of cross connect the two platforms okay so the, so this advice part uh, this thing so let me see what all uh, you do which I which I'm aware of so so uh, the blog is there, which is now not primary. Uh, this thing, then the articles you write, commissioned articles, the Instagram, um, a very occasional pop-ups where you're actually cooking. You also do a fair bit of brand work uh, and, and in both stuff where you have, uh, you're behind the camera as well as in front of the camera. So is, is it fair to call you uh, uh, an influencer? Uh, I guess. I would call myself the micro influencer in the today's term of it, but influencing for sure. And uh, what's the difference between micro influencer? And oh, the ones below fifty k. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And fifty k in in Insta. In on Insta, of course. On uh, sometimes some people add up everything. I've seen like big chefs and all. Huh. Like we are we are three million in all social media. You believe? Yeah, yeah. YouTube, Google. So I'm talking specifically about Instagram because I think yeah. even the brands are more focused on Instagram now. Yeah. And this is a conversation, in fact, I had with a friend who, you know, who has a brand of her own and she mentioned how more brands are now switching to work with the micro-influencers because of a majority organic reach mm. than, you know, the, the bigger ones, which I think helps because, you know, you can see the interaction. So more and more people now, you know, instead of chasing numbers, you finally are back on track where people are chasing well the right kind of engagement so that helps so everyone trying to increase their numbers bring it down quickly bring it down, bring it down. Bring it down. <laughs> not helping anymore <laughs> okay now this is the point of the interview at which you stumped me because when i, I, I you know all this while i had this question prepared so I, i'm going to ask vernika that are you an influencer and like a lot of people whom i know there she said no no i'm not an influencer i'm a writer i'm a content creator i'm a thought uh, leader I'm not an influencer, just as people sometimes like to say, I'm not a blogger. And then what I was going to tell you, but you sort of killed that punchline. But, but you know, I was once having a chat with uh, Alex Hunt who runs uh, Asher, Atashe Travel, the YouTube channel. Yeah. 
Right. And uh, we shot together to, uh, twice, once in Bombay and then at Delhi. So he told me, uh, okay, so you've not brought up this issue, but I'll stay. So he said that he once uh, had attended a very big summit on social media, like the top people over there and all that. Right. And one of the things which, uh, which came up and this three, four years back, three years back maybe, was that there are influencers and there are people of influence. And, and the reason for saying that is that a lot of people now put influencer in their bio. Yeah. So you know, so the point is that if you have to say you're an influencer, it's a bit of a problem versus people uh, saying that. But people like you are um, uh, uh, people of influence. And in fact, you just spoke of something which I was unaware of, which uh, which was uh, lovely to know about that writing about your community, which is the Punjabi community, which is probably the most vocal community in, in India. It has, um, uh, you know, given the most number of in stars, it's it's uh, you know the, the most number of restaurants everywhere. It's a it's a state, and and you know what not. It's the most popular dance form in uh, Hindi cinema, everything. And and people over there actually find uh, a sense of insecurity talking about them. So so in a way, um, without intending to do be that, by just sort of talking about what's in your heart, uh, you became an influencer, which is very lovely. But there is um, another aspect to uh, Varnika, which I don't know whether that started before Delectable Punjab, but uh, she started doing, um, um, uh, she hasn't, she's there, she, she started doing workshops. And initially, if I remember uh, right, there were social media workshops. Then there were workshops also, which moved into uh, food photography and then video. And initially there were, these were on location workshops. And then, uh, after the pandemic, you went into yeah. online, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, uh, what was the thought behind getting into workshops and why Why did you choose these areas, which is social media, uh, photography, video? Why yeah. not, for example, um, cooking workshops or styling work? Styling as in like, you know, yeah. Yeah. whatever. I mean, that's beauty, such a big segment or styling of food and all that. So, so what was the thought behind your starting workshops? So uh, the social media workshop actually started sometime, I think, in September 2018. I remember uh, attending maybe the first or the second one. At yeah, I think you were there for one of my last ones in Bombay, the physical ones. Ah, okay, it was in uh, July 2000. Ah, in, in Juhu, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. So it started... But I've attended that online as well. So the social media one and then yes. your, your photography and your yes. uh, videography. So tell me a bit of the thought process behind that. So the, uh, the whole idea behind these workshops, so initially it was just social media workshops where uh, it's nothing but actually teaching people how to navigate through social media because, you know, now so, almost everyone is online, but very few people actually know how to, you know, work their way around social media. It can be a very daunting platform, to be very honest. Also, it's such a saturated space. So how do you make a mark? And most of the people who were attending my workshops are people who are either small business owners or home chefs, not bloggers, because uh, funnily, I think almost we have this uh, within the community that, oh, we know it all. So <laughs> we are not going to do this with a fellow yes. blogger, yes. which, which TK, I, I can understand. But most of these people were women, women above 35, women yes. starting small businesses uh, who were home chefs and they wanted to learn how to navigate through this. So that's how the social media workshop started. 
And then it struck me that, you know, once they start growing, they also want to understand how to do photography, how they want to do videography. And these are features which are being rolled out by the day on yes. social media. How to make it easy for people? Because the one thing which almost everyone has today is good smartphone cameras. But at the same time, people don't know how to make the most of their cameras. And I think this is where Shovik and I kind of combined both our expertise together because he, I, I've not seen anyone who knows cameras the way he does and you know how calmly he can take people through the technical bits of it. So we just combined the two together and we focused on workshops which were solely uh, dedicated to mobile videography and photography. Yeah. And uh, we've had more than 300 people over the last, you know, especially in the last one year. Uh, I've done almost 15 workshops in the last one year of the pandemic. That's when it started to grow. And uh, the I think taking it digital helped in, you know, not confining it to a particular geography. Yeah, yeah. That really helped a lot. Because I, I remember recommending a lot of home shares, bakers and all that to your, uh, you know, we had people that were joining from Bombay or different places. and. Uh, and stop. thankfully, you know, it's a it's a big community even today. So we have WhatsApp groups of almost every batch of the workshop, which is still active. And we don't leave it at that. It, so it's not that the workshop ends today and then there's no follow-up. But even today, after all this time, we still have people interacting. If I learn something new, I instantly send it to them. The guys try this out or something. So we've built a community around it. And I think that has really helped, you know, having that personal connect. And I, it's just been good, yeah. So where do people find out about it? Because Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where, where do you announce? Instagram. Instagram is... And, and, and do you sort of uh, boost your no. uh, things or you just put it over there and... It's very organic and... And with, sometimes people tell other people also, right? I mean, yes, it's not absolutely. that they might join themselves, but... Like you who have been spreading the word for me, you know, the word of mouth. I have so many people joining in because of that as well. No, and, and that's a good point you made about other bloggers. So I must um, say that towards the beginning of the pandemic, or not beginning, like when you started doing these, then uh, Kenas was telling me that why don't we join some of these workshops because it's always good to uh, learn. And and um, so I have attended your uh, workshops on on uh, social media, on, on uh, photography and uh, videography. And I have attended uh, workshops by some other people, institutions, organizations, whatever, in the same space, which is videography, photography, social right. media. I mean, of course, different workshops. But what I've always found about um, your workshops is, and I've told her that as well, is that uh, you always come out with something which is usable. Like I've always attended a workshop and, and then taken at least one thing and maybe a lot more which I've then implemented in, in my work. And there've been, especially I remember after the photography one, yes. uh, where there was a big change and there were tons of people writing to me saying that, you know, there's been a big change. Then I said, I attended this workshop and then um, probably that then gave people the sort of, uh, so, you know, so there are various things which you do because you also teach. So your workshops, you've also been a part of uh, the Mythopia Kurush Dalal faculty for studying food workshops where you take a, a session on branding, uh, your your columns, which you do for uh, various media, and as well, your distant India rep of uh, host Milano, unfortunately, travel might be an issue, but you're writing these articles on India for the, so, so there's writing, there is uh, teaching, uh, there's a bit of uh, cooking, uh, maybe, 
and and then there is uh, brand work. So largely four things, right? Cooking, uh, cooking, teaching, brand work, writing, writing, eating. <laughs> eating. eating <is> <laughs> so, uh, which of these do you enjoy the most? Writing any day, any day. And like, and, and um, uh, which of these is most uh, remunerative? I mean, I mean, generally, I mean, the workshops. The workshops. The workshops. But um, do you enjoy the workshops? Oh, I completely do. And you know, like for me, so with each workshop, so you know how we divide it into a theory and a practical mm -hmm. round. So for for me, the most fun part is the practical because for every practical, because uh, Shovik takes a theory. Oh yeah, he takes a theory, <laughs> and so people get confused. And you know, the practicals where is where you start kind of sense of whatever you've learned. Uh -huh. And the fact that every time, you know, whichever dish we are shooting or, you know, whatever we are doing a video of, every time I'm more excited about what can I cook this time for the workshop. Yeah. So it combines so many things together. So I really honestly enjoy the workshops. And my favorite part is post the workshop when the... All the discussion and everyone comes in, I've, I've taken this picture, yeah. I've, I've done like this video, see my cat is running. Yeah, you oh. mentioned your pictures and I remember the the first picture that you sent and Shavik and I just, we, we were just smiling through and through. Ah, because the next day, I think something which was cooking or whatever and in different stages I was posting the uh, pictures. I think some, some uh, you know, uh, food while, Bengali food while growing up and then writing this. And I did a series of things around the same dish at different yes. Yes. Uh, angles. And, and, and there were other member, members in the, the class also who were doing it. Yeah. I mean, I was not there. And yeah. that's the other thing that a lot of your... Uh, uh, your your students are uh, sort of old fogies like me. So how how's that? Like, is that intimidating? Like, you know, uh, teaching people who are 20, 30 years older, older, 40 all, years older. It's it's uh, a running joke in my family that I don't have friends my age, and <laughs> it's not even a joke anymore. <laughs> so all the friends in my wedding were all 50 plus. <laughs> 50 plus, maybe. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Achha, but I wasn't at your wedding. You, you Wait, right? Purush was there. Ria was there. I don't think Ria was 50 then. She was turning 50 soon. But yeah, everyone was like, okay, what is with your friend group? I have always, since I was a kid, always gotten along better with older to my age. Probably an older sibling syndrome, I'd call this. But <laughs> You're the elder one, right? I'm the elder one. So you and, and your brother used to change, keep changing the... Wi-Fi password. password. It's not yeah, the rumor goes that that's one of the reasons why you decided to get married quickly because of the Wi-Fi password. Wi-Fi password. Uh, Unfortunately, the Wi-Fi password even at our place in uh, Delhi is such that if someone asks me, I can't give it because Shovik knows that, isn't it? You should you should complain to the women's cell about this. It's, it's not that. Oh, it's but but is, <laughs> but you and you live in Delhi, not even Haryana. I know, but that's where I think the cyber crime department is going to back him up saying that he's doing the right thing. <laughs> yes. Okay, so now I want to, uh, you know, we are coming to the close of this session and folks, you're seeing like a very happy, smiling uh, Vernika today, but, um, you know, it's the past um, 18, 19 months haven't been um, easy on on uh, anyone and, and, uh, and you've uh, actually been quite vocal about it in, yeah. in, not everyone sort of wants to put what they're feeling out there and which is fine that's no issue but uh, I mean you, you were in a way just in a new phase of your career when you know lockdown no contact with people no going out also new life I mean even if you guys have known each other for a while but still like a married life together and all that will have its challenges so um, um, 
what is the learning which you took out at the end of this um, 18, 19 months, like through all the dark days which you went through and, and the challenges, and I'm sure challenges will come up in the future. Yeah. But what is it to, what are the learnings that you took out which you'd like to share? I think honestly, it's a continuous process. It's still like an ongoing process. And like you said, you know, we had just shifted. I had just shifted to the city and uh, when this happened. And there have been dark days in the sense that, you know, suddenly I couldn't make head or tail about what I want to do. Because, well, a new place and there's no getting out of home, what to do, what, you know, so all of that. But I think what really helped me is knowing that it's okay to just take a break. And uh, the fact that my Instagram has never been a space for brands, but for myself. So I did not really owe anyone anything. So when I want to take a break, I take a break. And you know how I told you initially that the one thing I've always been on Instagram is very transparent, very me. So it's, it's funny when you think about it now, but you know how people who've probably never even met you, how they kind of start gauging your moods. So a lot of people started messaging me that, you know, we can see a difference in the way you're photographing or the way you're writing, are you fine? I think that comes as a wake up call that, okay, maybe I do need to take a break. And I have been doing that. So now I post only when I really feel like posting, I talk. And, and you didn't mind that people writing writing to you that, that no. they, they, they wrote with genuine concern. Yes, absolutely. And also these are people who- Because once I remember you wrote about like people sort of supposing stuff, basis stuff you'd written, I think about some oh, yeah. thing. I think that's something- that keeps that's happening. a one-off. That's a one-off. One -off. So, so people are actually writing out of, so it's not that bad a space. So she, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's literally, I always say it's a space which, you know, you make it to be the space you want it to be. Mm. Uh, if there is something which has troubled me, so if there is something, you know, which happened probably a year back where someone who was close enough said something, I felt it was important to probably address it. And that also it's always been a space where i've come exactly like you know this is who i am and this is how i'm coming out to you and that has helped i'm glad that it's also given so many other people you know a space to talk about how they feel so i think as long as we are all able to just not internalize it and just you know have that space to talk and build community around you yeah. that really helps i have so many friends in fact now who are friends because of instagram so yeah. yeah yeah for me it was a blog then twitter not so much facebook because facebook people yeah. are your friends when you add them yeah, yeah. Anyways, but for me it was blog then i made a lot of friends through twitter um now um to instagram though i think some of the stronger friends are made through uh blog simply because you know age and all that okay, so last and uh, we exchanged numbers at the end of our meeting realizing that oh we've always been talking on instagram when and was this sorry this was last night. I met Sanhita Dasgupta. She's a brilliant uh, home out here okay. in Delhi. And we've been talking on and off, but always on Instagram. And in the, at the end of a meeting, we realized, oh, we don't have each other's number. You know, <laughs> we've always been talking on Instagram. Yes, so yes. it's been a space, you know, you make it to be what you want it to be. So, so uh, before ending, I want to ask you about this initiative, which you've just started, which I found um, really interested, uh, interesting. I think you've finished one round and you Interesting. Yeah. Where you um, and and having known the workshops which you do, I I I'm pretty sure they will be like uh, very very useful to people. That you are doing a sort of um, um, I don't know. Would you say a social media course for 
small uh-huh. business owners, home chefs. So tell us a bit about that and uh, yeah. what are you trying to do through that? So it's a very personalized hand-holding kind of a thing where, you know, uh, it's only like three spots for, you know, only three people a month. But it's a month-long thing where you basically introduce your business or whatever you want to so, do. So who, who, who are the students? Like what... what... Uh- what is it? You know, small business owners or consultants who are looking to, you know, build their themselves as a brand on social media. Need, need not be from food. No, need not be from food because. Okay. Yeah. So the program is made in such a way that it caters to you and specifically you and your business because the first one week is just spent in understanding. So you could be an interior designer, you could be yes. a, a chef, you could be yes. a, a sports coach, whatever. Yes. Okay. And it's it's not something where I'm taking, you know, continuous everyday workshops, but, you know, once in a week, we all meet, uh, kind of meet online. There's a presentation that happens and then we, we take it from there. And I'm in touch with everyone every day through calls and Instagram and through WhatsApp where I'm helping them. So it's more of a help in terms of, and the, because, so this is something I've been doing for the last three years. It's only now that I've opened it up for a lot of lot more people. Uh, Earlier you've done one-on-one with uh, business yes. uh, Marina, who's a great friend of both of us. I started with Marina. In fact, she often talks of you, uh, Marina, Smita yes. Dio, Karid, uh, right? Smita Dio singers? Smita, Smita goes as Smita the official, but she also does... Oh, her YouTube channel is... Uh, she get, she uh, does videos for Rajshree, so different productions. Also. Okay, there's someone who does curried, get curried. Get curried. She, she is on get curried. Uh, yeah. Get curried is her, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Marina Balakrishnan's. And yeah. Marina's uh, used social media so well to build her, and she's doing her brand and personality. But Kala huh? and I remember the time when, this was two years ago, when Marina, I, I used to message Marina at 9 a.m. and then 9 p.m. <laughs> Marina, have you posted? And she'd tell me, she's like, oh, Nika, you're being a doctor. How do I do this? I'm scared. I don't know. And she's doing a fabulous job today where she's learned to enjoy this platform. Yeah, it's, it's so natural. Like, you know, because, yeah. see, uh, sometimes people also ask me this question that, you know, I'm not very active on social media. So first point, I think, which you made very well is that you need to, if you're running a business, you need to disassociate your personal yeah. likings and certain things which you need to uh, yeah. for your business. But having said that, you don't need to become a different person too. Because I think what is the beauty of what uh, Marina has achieved through uh, Utupur, I'll talk more about that than uh, Smitha's because Smitha doesn't yeah. really run a business. But, uh, you know, it, it it's very reflective of who Marina is. I mean, when I meet Marina, I, I, I know there'll be no surprises because Absolutely. her brand is such a reflection of her beliefs, our philosophy. So so you actually did this transformation in in, in some manner. And, and she's probably one of the most talked about uh, brands, of course, her stuff is very good. So oh, it's not just... Uh, fabulous. So yeah. she, used, she was practically a neighbor back when I was in Bombay. And, you know, whenever she'd make something, I'd just go to her place and uh, while eating those upper mint stew, I'd just be telling her, like, what are you doing? And why is this not going out to people? But it's amazing. And it's it's a bond which, you know, this is what I mean to say that, you know, it's not just about doing business, but it's also about bonds which you create from with them, you know, later. Exactly. Today, I go to Bombay and I know that if there's a surprise meal just coming my way, I don't even have to ask <laughs> for Utupura. Utupura is waiting. So... But it, it feels so good to see that, you know, that you were able to help someone, even if in a small way, to just realize their full potential and make the most of it. 
Yeah, even Dinel uh, talks of that. Uh, you know. So, so that's the sort of uh, change which you're trying to bring uh, yes. in your workshops with people, yes. and probably even more. Yes. So uh, that's uh, fabulous. That folks is Varnika Awal of Delectable Reveries. Uh, she says she hangs around with people uh, elder to her, but uh, I must say that uh, on these young shoulders rests a very wise uh, uh, head. But uh, I think it's absolutely fabulous the sort of uh, work which she's doing. And 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 if you're looking at um, inspiration in terms of how to conduct yourself in social media, or or how to write, or or to actually uh, attend classes in terms of how to improve your skills, then she's your uh, woman. So yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and uh, wishing you all the best for the festive season coming up. Thank and you. Uh, hopefully, oh, we work together, by the way. We've once uh, worked together on a project for ITC MasterChef, uh, Prawns, Vanika, me, and uh, Shavik. So, frozen, freshly it, frozen memories. Yes, for yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's an absolute delight and pleasure to see um, you know um, the the lens you've traveled since then. So okay. all the best and uh, do take care. Stay safe. Thank you so much. Bye bye. bye. Thanks for your time. Thank you.